hey, I'm Kira. I'm gonna emotionally manipulate you, gaslight you. I'm Suzanne and I'm Madison and we're doing something a little different and we're immediately recording part two to the previous episode that we recorded last week which you know may come out in a different order for you guys but we're (laughs) we're just straight up continuing the death note episode we're not switching off recording episodes like we usually do we're just we're on a roll we're gonna get it done we're all hyper focusing (laughs) here (laughs) I didn't intend for this to be a three-part series, but apparently we can talk about just the characters of Death Note for almost two hours (laughs) by themselves. (laughs) And that's not even all the characters. I like how we got partway through just talking about characters and I had to stop and be like, I think this has to be like a multiple part episode now because we're not even... We were already at an hour and weren't even halfway done. Yeah. So we decided to split it up because like not only was it lengthier than first expected, but the ladies of Death Note do honestly truly Mm -hmm. deserve their own episode because they honestly got nothing else. (laughs) Yeah. Every single lady character in Death Note, deserved better, and got the incredibly short end of the stick. Every single one. You want to know how many actual relevant female characters there are in Death Note? You want to guess? <laughs> oh, I was gonna, like, take notes and probably, like, stop after two. Um, there's Naomi, there's Misa, there's Light Sister and his mom. Do those count as- well, they're not, like, major characters- but just named female characters. Um, all I can think of is Naomi and Misa. And I think Light's sister is definitely named, but I don't remember what her name is. Oh, and Rem. Yeah. Is, is it three? Is that it? So it's seven. There are seven okay. total named female characters that get any sort of major screen time. And all of it revolves around light. Oh, God. None of them are agents of their own accord. They All of their interactions literally revolve around how they are tied to light. That doesn't surprise me. But also, it's kind of twofold. Like, I'm not surprised that every female character has to revolve around light. And I'm also kind of not surprised that I can't remember most of the female characters. Because they're just so... Like, aside from Misa and Naomi, the rest of them are just kind of... There. there? <laughs> yes. That is a problem. <laughs> like, the reason they are in the story is to interact with light. Mm-hmm. But, like, they legitimately have no agency beyond their interactions with him. They have... Cool. No depth beyond how they relate to to light Yagami. And that's how you write a good female character. Except for Naomi, but she gets immediately killed off. Yep. She lasts an episode. 
Yeah, and I think like a chapter and a half in the manga. Yeah, because I think you meet her after Ray dies, and then by the end of episode six, she's dead. Cool. Yeah, we see her for a total of an episode and a half of screen time, and Mm -hmm. the half part of that is like the three minutes of screen time she gets in the episode before when we see Ray go to the hotel that they're staying in. Mm -hmm. That's it. And he tells her, you're not an FBI agent anymore. You shouldn't be doing anything. You should focus on the fact we're getting married. I always hated that fucking part. Like, what goddamn fucking year is it? Like, even this anime came out like 2007. What the fuck? Yeah, it's real bad. I don't know if that was just like a conscious choice or they just were like, this dude's an American. Of course he's going to talk like this. I don't, I'm not sure. But I feel like even in 2000, well, we did hate women a lot in 2007. Yeah. But I feel like there was a certain degree of a woman wasn't just confined, like she wasn't expected to quit her job when she got married. Mm-hmm. But we still hated women a whole lot. A in whole the lot. In 2000s. That actually reflects a lot in the reaction Misa got when she was introduced. I actually have some quotes from anime reviewers who had some choice things to say and it's like just say you hate women and go (laughs) it's truly awful literally the difference between reviews that were done by women or femme people and the reviews done Mm -hmm. by cis dudes is just staggeringly different but before we get any further i mean it's a little too late now we already talked about some of the deaths that happened but spoiler alert for a (laughs) (laughs) Decade and a half old anime. Sorry. But, so... um, So I'm gonna start with this character that literally I only remember because she's, like, blonde and had a bad haircut. Like, she works for Nier. Her name is Holly Linder. Is she one of the FBI agents or something? She's a CIA agent who leaks information to Mello I don't remember that being a plot point. To in- increase the chances of Kira being caught. God, I really just straight up don't fucking remember <laughs> anything from the second arc besides, like, Mello doing hot girl shit. That's how good it is. That's, that you remember so much uh, of it. It's such a shame because there's just this chunk in the middle that's just a slog to get through. And then the final episode is just really good because watching mm-hmm. Light go completely unhinged and get exactly what he deserves is is very cathartic. Mm-hmm. And gay. In the anime, at least, because he hallucinates L when he's dying on his deathbed. He's bleeding out on some stairs. Camera pans. There's L's fucking ghost. <coughs> gay. Anyway. So literally this lady's whole thing is she works for Nier and she's mm-hmm. American. That's it. Oh, okay. I don't even think she has any dialogue beyond talking to Nier about their plans to do stuff. Like, I don't remember anything about her except that she's blonde and, like, is with Nier in the second arc. That's it. I think I remember her because she's American. And also I think I was like, oh, look, a woman. I feel like when I'm watching a TV show and there's, like, a black character, I'm like, okay, at least there's one of us. Yeah. If a woman shows up when there haven't been any, 
I was kind of like, oh, gotta keep tabs on you, even though I know she's probably gonna die eventually. She's got a stupid fucking haircut. Sorry. <laughs> Wait, what's her, what's her name again? Hal Linder. Here, hold on. I'm 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 sending over a picture. Hold on. <laughs> but yeah, literally, literally, that's all I have on her. That's it. Oh, good. From that, we will step up to Seiyu Yagami, who is Light's sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see her as a teenager. I think she's like in the equivalent of late middle school, early high school when the series starts. Yes, because then by the end of the show, she's like an adult. By the end of the manga, mm-hmm. she's a young adult. Light's like begrudgingly begrudgingly interacts with her like okay listen we're both older siblings we know how it fucking Mm -hmm. is but he just genuinely like does not care about his sister and is inconvenienced by his her presence in his life and it's very mean and unfair to her honestly i feel like if you asked him about his sister he'd know like her name and her birthday and maybe like one thing she's really into but she wouldn't really know her as a person Mm-hmm. Literally, probably the only thing he would know that she was into is that the actor who L was using his name as an alias. And that's probably mm-hmm. the only reason, because it comes back to L, Not because he has any interest in his little sister's life. So things go fine for her until the second half of the arc in the time skip. Uh, does she get kidnapped? Yeah, Mello and the American Mafia... <laughs> the literally the american mafia (laughs) just the one just the one they kidnap her they take her to america and they hold her ransom for one of the death notes because i think at this point there are three floating around Mm -hmm. she's returned unharmed but is in shock and becomes completely unresponsive and that's Mm -hmm. how we end the series with her is she is wheelchair bound, unresponsive due to trauma, did not deserve any of this. Jesus Christ. She's pretty much punished for being. Being related to light directly. Mm-hmm. Because unlike the two love interests for hmm. light, that's his family, that's his sister. But she still suffers like just as bad as a f- of a fate, despite never knowing that light is Kira or being involved Mm -hmm. in any of it. She just can't escape the hurricane of bullshit, which is really awful and truly Mm -hmm. did not deserve any of it. Like we don't even get to know her as a person because we see her through light's eyes. And that's just his little sister who was kind and nice, but we don't, here's the thing that she did fucking deserve it. So on a, on a little bit of a sidetrack, In the musical, and I think I mentioned this last episode when I was talking about being able to see Light more of a teenager before getting corrupted by the power of Mm -hmm. the Death Note was nice. And he actually has a relationship with his sister in the musical. Hmm. He takes her to Misa's concert because she wanted to go with him before he went off to college. That's cute. And that's really sweet. And, like, she bursts into his room and just hangs out with him. I mean, he's having a terrible time thinking he's going insane because Ryuk is there and is giving Mm -hmm. him shit the entire time. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, they actually make a point to show that there is a relationship and that 
despite all of his other faults of being literally the worst, Light's one redeeming factor in the musical is that he seemed to genuinely care about his family. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, because of this, because we never see the kid's mom, it's just Sotaro and and Seiyu. Mm -hmm. Sotaro and Seiyu discover Light and Elle's bodies at the end of the musical. So, like, even though they have a good relationship and we get to see them interact as siblings, she still ends up traumatized just by being related to Light. I don't know why she had to be there. Why did she come in? Why did she go into the warehouse with her police father? Why didn't he take any of the rest of the the literal police team that he's working with? Why does he take his underage teenage daughter to a, a shitty warehouse? I understand why they did it for, like, emotional impact, but, like, if you actually think about it, it doesn't make any sense why she was there. No, like, there's- I literally, like, just watched the musical. There's, like, no setup or reason for her to be there. She just shows up after Light and Elle have done, like, this weird murder-suicide pact. Unintentionally. Mm. Cool. Is It's still the same. Rem writes Elle's name in the death note. Mm-hmm. But instead of, like, dying tenderly in Light's arms- <laughs> He shoots Light in the leg, which is great, but then, like, shoots himself, which is, oh. eh, eh? Like, that's hmm. certainly Wait, a choice. why, though? <laughs> oh, for the drama. Okay. For the drama. <laughs> I think the setup was Light created a scenario where he would get shot but live, L would kill himself, but it would look like... L was Kira and had attacked Light and Light killed him in self-defense. That, I think, was Mm. the setup. It was really convoluted. (laughs) But it ends with both of them dead anyway. And it's... Mm. It's an unsatisfying ending, I will admit. But the rest of the musical slaps pretty hard. With that, though, we're gonna move on to Sachiko Yagami, who is Sochiro's wife and the mother of the wonderful children. Why does ever Okay, Everyone in this goddamn family, except for Light, has an S name. Why? I mean, I'm sure they're common Japanese names, but just, like, the alliteration is... And then... Oh my god! I'm gonna have to talk about that on the third episode, because that's probably, like, another sign of him being a fucking black sheep or whatever, is just his naming convention is different. Jesus Christ. I wonder if um you can see it in the kanji they choose for their name, too, but... Yeah, I'll, I'll look into that. Because even though I'm saying Light, his name in Japanese is Raito, which is still like an R and not an S, <laughs> which is different. Yeah. So I think that is definitely, now that I'm looking at all of the S names together, I'm like 90% sure that was deliberate. But I will bring that up next time. In this case, let's talk about the little fucking we know about this poor woman. My only vivid memories of her are... There's, like, a time skip, I think. Light comes home and shows her his, like, mock exam results. And she's like, Light, you did so well. And then that's, like, the last time I remember hearing her speak. Yeah. I'm sure she has, like, other lines occasionally. But that's, like, the most vivid memory I have of her. Which is... Hmm. Yeah. So, like, uh, seemingly really traditional older Japanese mom to go along with the very traditional dad, the father figure that Sochiro is. 
she's happy when he gets good grades and like goes to cram school and is just very quiet and that's literally all we see of her like she very clearly cares about her kids because she ends up taking care of Seiyu when she becomes wheelchair bound at the end of the manga and the anime mm. but like this poor fucking lady lives through the deaths of her husband her son and then has to take care of her like wheelchair bound traumatized daughter that's the last of we see of her and i that's really sad i assume she didn't know until the very end because no one knew that light was kira until the very end so like imagine your steadily your husband is like drifting away from you and then suddenly your daughter's kidnapped she comes back traumatized your son is dead yeah um so both seiyu and sachiko end the series with never knowing that light was kira at all oh god so they just they lived through the deaths of a husband a father and a son brother the only people they have left are each other oof <sighs> yeah and like suchiro literally gets blown up by like a bomb when he goes to rescue Seiyu from like the american mafia so oh yeah and his dad did die thinking his son was not Kira to just make it more tragic. But just, she doesn't get a break. She she gets nothing. She gets tragedy. That's all she's there for is to be the recipient of tragedy for this fucking family. At least when Soichiro dies, he's part of the task force that's trying to take down Kira. But like, Sayu and Sachiko are just, they're used because of their connection to light. They're literally civilians. They have no ties to anything besides the mm -hmm. fact that light is related to them and that is what throws them into the deep end of the shitstorm. Mm -hmm. So actually, there was a quote from Sugumi Oba who's quoted that they consider both Sachiko and Seiyu as the purest characters in the series, stating that they could not sense any evil or twistedness from these two at all. Cool take. Why do they literally <laughs> suffer the most? <laughs> I, mmm, I don't like that. You have to, like, exploit Light's weaknesses. But, like, he kind of doesn't really have... But they're not his weaknesses! If people didn't know that Light had a sister, they wouldn't go after him. If he could hide the fact that he had... Uh, a sister he would not he would just have left her if he could get away with like them kidnapping her and then like no one yeah. finding out that he had a sibling yeah i think genuinely like he doesn't care beyond the fact <laughs> that it's affecting his dad and his own like social image it's been a minute i did not rewatch far enough into act two again but like i distinctly remember the impression that he if he could have gotten away with it he would have left her yeah, like I might be wrong because I also haven't rewatched that the most boring part of the show in a hot minute. <laughs> I don't feel like we're wrong, or that is too far out of the realm of possibility of of something light would do. And the last sort of quote from both the author and the artist is that they think the Yagami family is are the most pitiful characters in the series. And yeah, no shit. <laughs> 
you did that. You you wrote that. Yes. They <laughs> literally had the worst time and are some of the only two people left alive at the end of it. Of course they are the most fucking pitiful. Hello? They were <laughs> civilians. Anyway, I'm mad about that now. I forgot. Well, I didn't realize it while watching it through as a kid the first time mm-hmm. or reading it. But now I didn't realize it, that it was that bad. That that's how it ended for the rest of Light's family that was alive. Mm-hmm. Like, <sighs> it's just, it's so sad. I feel so bad. She pushed out that ungrateful motherfucker and for nothing. <laughs> but so we're going to move on to, after that, we're going to move on to another character who shows up. In Act 1, for like a hot second, I believe, and then becomes a player in, in Act 2 a little bit more. Kiyomi Takada? Takada? Ooh, yeah, Kiyomi Takada. She first shows up as Light's classmate and girlfriend. Is is he the girl who he's like dating? Like as much as Light can like date a person who isn't, I guess, a whole. Yes, he. Oh wait, literally... wait, wait, wait! No, is that is that the girl he uses an, as an excuse for a date, or is he the girl he dates in like college? I think both. Um, actually, hold is on. The same person? I'm pretty sure it's the same person. Who? Hold on. No, because there's a girl he dates who like he kind of uses her. I did my research. I swear. But like, there's one girl he tells that he's Kira, and one that he doesn't. Yes. So. This is a different character from the girl he goes on a date with as an alibi on the bus. We never Jesus. see again after that. I don't even remember her name. You know what's fucked up is that, like, he used her and she watches this man get hit by a bus. And yeah. then we just never hear from her again. Yep. Kiyomi is the lady that he dates in college. Dates. Dates. Quote, he- heavy air quotes. <laughs> quote, unquote. So... <laughs> I barely remember her because she shows up in Act 2. But when she's reintroduced into the story, she's the announcer of a news network. Mm-hmm. And is chosen by Mr. Delete Man himself <clears throat> to be Kira's PR? Public mm-hmm. facing department spokesperson? Which is a weird choice. But Light uses the fact that fucking Mikami set that up so he like sets up a meeting with her for the quote unquote benefit of the Kira investigation when he's just like hey I'm Kira (laughs) I'm gonna emotionally manipulate you gaslight you because that's what I do gaslight gatekeep girl boss (laughs) so yeah they meet and if he further manipulates her by like, I want you to be my goddess in the new world, and that's mm. fellas, don't, <laughs> don't. Unless you've preemptively talked about it, don't just go around calling your girls goddesses. That's mm. don't put people on a pedestal. That doesn't. That's not good. I'll be real with you. I don't remember her, and I think I just said that earlier, but. The thing that I do remember is, like, her and Misa fighting over, like... Yes. Over, like, fucking this rancid piece of meat that's been left out in the sun to rot. And they're fighting over that. Like, I... No. Yeah. My notes are, unnecessary rivalry with Misa for Light's love. 
and in all caps, ladies, you can do so much better. (laughs) Truly. But so she gets manipulated and eventually, like, her connection with Kira gets her kidnapped by Mello because Mello's hot girl shit involves kidnapping people, usually. That's what Mm -hmm. he's doing. Is his plan to catch Kira is just kidnapping people. (laughs) (laughs) Solid plan. But the minute Light realizes that she's not useful to him, he writes her name in the death note and she douses herself in gasoline and sets herself on fire. And I forgot that's how she died. I vividly remember because I remember liking her character even though she kind of sucked because... She was willing to be a spokesperson for one of the worst people on earth. Yeah. But like she was, I think the first woman after Naomi to be a very competent character Mm -hmm. who could be independent to a degree and that light trusted enough to make her part of his plans in a way that he didn't let Misa do. Yeah. So like the moment he realized that she was a liability, he just stone cold killed her. Which, like, she would do anything for him, and he just ditched her. He's like, oh, I want you to be my goddess. Oh, you got caught? No, you don't. Well, maybe, never mind. Here, just go set yourself on fire. It's fine. (sighs) Like, Jesus fucking Christ, what a way to show that Light is legitimately a monster. Prime fuckboy material? Fuckboy prime? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's bad and then literally she's around for like a handful of episodes and then is just dumped to the side you know who makes it to the end fucking delete man who no (laughs) one cares about who is the most boring character there's this quote on um the death note fandom wiki she says too late you're the only man i've ever actually admired and now to find out that you're Kira, it's too amazing for words. The fact that, like, she says, you're the only man I've ever actually admired. This boy is not that special. Sweetie. I get it that he's a genius or whatever. Sweetie, it's called Compet. It's okay. <laughs> please go find yourself a nice lesbian. <laughs> or bisexual, please. Anyone but oh light. God. Anyone but light. Dear God. The idea that, like... He just has so much big dick energy that women can't help but fall in love with him instantly is just truly ridiculous. There have to be women who, like, can tell that he's messed up. Yeah. Literally every red fucking flag. (laughs) (laughs) There has to be at least one woman who, like, went to her friend afterwards and was like, you know that that light kid was in one of our classes? Yeah. Yeah, don't you get, like, weird vibes from him? And she's like, yeah, it's really weird. Anyway. Yeah, it was the chick that said Elle was hot at the graduation speech. (laughs) Who was like, oh, yeah, that one's hot. That's the girl. That's the girl who was like, hmm, something's off about that fucking kid. And then was correct. She was right. (laughs) She was fucking right. What an icon. I really don't have a lot to say about her, except that it's... She's an interesting character, a capable character. Mm -hmm. She establishes herself as an asset prior to Light manipulating his way to reach out to her and talk to her. Mm -hmm. She was doing it of her own free will. She actually believed in Kira before he was like, I want you to be my goddess. Fuck off. (laughs) But like, she was doing it of her own free will and volition to that point. And then she just, she gets kidnapped. Doesn't get 
saved, unlike Seiyu. And because she's then deemed a liability, is double murdered even, because Light writes her death in the Death Note literally a minute before Mikami writes her name in the Death Note. In his Mm. Death Note. So, like, Light's writing takes effect, but, like, they were a a minute between. They tried to double kill her. Which is just incredibly frustrating. We can't have a smart woman in the narrative. No, you can't. Because all of them die or have terrible shit happen to them. Except for Misa, who is smart, but just, you know, gets routinely gaslit and abused the entire time instead of dying. But it's okay, because she loves light. She's just stupid. That's why mm. she does all of this awful. Like that's why she does all of these things, even though like clearly doesn't care about her. What a dumb girl. Uh, I'm going to fucking commit a crime. <laughs> she goes up into blaze of flames, and does she take Mello with her? I don't remember. I feel like I feel like she takes him with her, in terms of like killing him. <laughs> yeah. I just, that one line where she's like, Light's the only man I've ever admired. It feels very female character written by a man energy. Uh-huh. Okay, so she does, she manages, while being kidnapped and scared out of her mind and fucking naked because Mello was like, I don't want any listening devices on you or like mm. any pieces of Death Note on you. So he makes oh, her yeah, did she she had a piece of the death note in her bra. In, in her titty, yeah. Damn. Nature's pocket, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but like proof that uh, Mello was was like an asshole and had anger problems, but was a gentleman. Cuz <laughs> he makes her strip naked to do like a strip search and then gives her a blanket. Like he's not like taking advantage of this naked lady. However, he doesn't check thoroughly enough under in the undercarriage. So <sighs> He dies. Like, she she kills him. And then is immediately murked. Mm-hmm. Which somehow makes it even worse. That she was successful in doing a thing, but then mm-hmm. was determined to be a liability, and then just taken off the board. <sighs> Light just makes me tired. This episode's depressing. Like, there's no, like, there's no <laughs> resolution. There's nothing that could be changed. This is... I mean, the whole show is kind of depressing, but it would have been nice, I guess, if, like, I don't know. It, it's implied that Misa commits suicide at the end. Yep, we'll fucking get to that. But now that we've talked about Kiyomi, we'll talk about Naomi. Yay. Naomi, my beloved. She is the fiance of a man with the, one of the stupidest names that I've ever heard. <laughs> He's American. You can tell he's American because they gave him a super American name. Uh, his name is Ray Penbar, and it's just that stupid name. I hate it. Oh my god! Literally described as like a first-rate FBI agent, has worked with L before, earned his fucking respect in the light novel that focused on her solving the Los Angeles BB murder case. Not only helped solve the case. Beat the shit out of the murderer because he tried to attack her. Oh, damn. Beats the shit out of him. And because he was disguised as L, because it was one of his... Beyond Birthday was one of L's protégés from the orphanage. Mm. And then went, I'm going to be better than you by doing a crime you'll never be able to solve. 
It didn't work out for him. But he disguised himself as L for the entire time. So when Naomi meets the real L at the end of the novel, she kicks his ass. <laughs> she literally, like, drop kicks him. Good. Which is incredible. And it's been a fan theory that, like, he learns Capoeira because of her. Mm. Which it's never been confirmed that, like, that's the actual fighting style that he uses when he beats the shit out of light when they're <laughs> in handcuffs. But, like, there's literally not really another style that lets you move like that mm. when in those same positions, for the most part. Mm -hmm. But, like, she's good at what she fucking does. And for whatever reason, she's like, I I'm getting married, so I'm gonna leave my prestigious job that I'm good at to become Mrs. fucking Pembar. <laughs> what? Ma'am. She's even described in the how into in volume 13, the how to read behind the scenes book as like having remarkable investigative ability. She was incredibly competent to the point of she had to be removed or else the series would have ended at, at like <laughs> uh, book three. The thing about Naomi that I find I don't know if annoying is the word, but she reminds me of how, like, I mentioned Seta in Detective Conan, who is, as far as I'm concerned, as smart as Shinichi and Hattori, but she's a girl, so she can't be as smart as either of them. Like, she has to make a fatal mistake so she doesn't outshine them. Yep. That's what fucking happens. Which also reminds me... Of Irene Adler in Sherlock, because at the very end, she lets her feelings get in the way and makes a fatal mistake because the story is so afraid of having a character that could possibly outsmart Sherlock, which, first of yeah. all, doesn't make any sense because in the original canonical books, Sherlock admires her because she's the only person to ever outsmart him. Yeah. When people try to talk shit about Irene Adler, he's like, no, she is a brilliant woman and knows her shit. And like, yeah. if she could outsmart me, you don't want to fuck with her. Yeah. And that's, taking it back a second, that's the Robert Downey Jr. movies, right? That that happens? No, like I, the, B the BBC Sherlock. That happens in the BBC Sherlock too? Yeah. Fuck. Because, Why do you not remember I Am Sherlock? Remember that bullshit? No, because I stopped watching after season one. Oh, oh, you are smart. No, it's like the, I rewatched yeah. that episode recently, and it's even more stupid. I remember being such a huge <sighs> fan of Sherlock when it was first airing. I was like, I do not see it. I can't read suddenly so that I could still enjoy the show. <laughs> I do not see it. I am looking away. <laughs> Listen, I was right there fucking with you. I got out early, though, because I... The sheer length of the wait in between season one and season two, like, killed it for me. I was like, I don't care anymore, actually. Wait, do you mean season between season two and three or one and two? Because season, the end of two is when Reichenbach happens. One and two. I never saw season two. <laughs> I literally stopped after season one. <laughs> the wait in between the seasons, just, I could not care anymore. Oh, God. Genuinely. Oh. You got out at the right time. Oh, Jesus. So if you haven't seen BBC Sherlock... Oh, God. <laughs> God bless you. Please stay uncorrupted. <laughs> it's not worth it. I'm upset. 
doubly because I thought I had forgotten this happened in the BBC Sherlock show. I thought you were talking about the the Robert Downey Jr. movies because they kill her off in the movie too. Oh God. Which is awful. You know what's fucked up too is that the original story written by Arthur Conan Doyle is more progressive than either of these recent adaptions. And the Doyle version yeah. came out in 1891. Yeah. What? <laughs> what happened? And listen, I'm not going to give Doyle credit for Oh, absolutely else. not. <laughs> because he also... I'm assuming because he was British in the 1890s that he has problems. Yes. <laughs> but mostly it was the... It was the belief in spiritualism and the occult to the point of almost fanaticism Mm. while being bffs with harry houdini who went around disproving seances and mediums and stuff so i don't know Mm. how they were friends and i i think that's a very fun buddy comedy that should be made (laughs) arthur conan doyle being like look it's a picture of fairies and harry houdini being like those are cardboard what is wrong with you harry houdini being like dog you cannot be the stupid, my man. He was. <laughs> so I will not give him credit for much else. But the fact that the original writing of Irene Adler is more progressive than several of her modern adaptations and portrayals is buck fucking wild. <laughs> this is a really long tangent, but like I feel like it needed to be talked about because... It is. It's Irene Adler is very much parallel to Naomi in Death Note. It's a, the very confident, capable, genuine, wit to wit match of the main character who happens to have tits gets killed off because mm-hmm. the male ego can't be fucking threatened. Now can it? Mm. Dear fucking God. We can't have a girl be as smart as the main character I've projected on because she has titties. That's that's the excuse. Got titties that somehow negates any of your ability to be smart or good at what you do. It's just, sorry, it's biological fact, I guess. (sighs) Anyway, I'm gonna leave the Sherlock conversation note (laughs) with the fact that Sherlock and Irene Adler are T for T. Anyway. (laughs) they're absolutely trans for trans and i think that's very sexy of them (laughs) but going back to naomi the way that she's introduced is her fiance gets killed off she's like well now that i don't have to be mrs penbar anymore i guess i'll i guess i'll give it a shot because i am you know what that's right i am a good fbi agent i am that bitch I am that bitch. So she goes to do hot girl shit and and, and revenge her <laughs> fiance, but unfortunately runs into light because plot has to happen. And light realizes very quickly that she is fucking capable and will catch him nearly immediately. And that's a problem. So he has to kill her in broad fucking daylight. And he does. And here's, like, the first smart thing she fucking does. She gives him a fake name that he writes down. Mm-hmm. Which is the smartest fucking thing. At a certain point, the rules become known, at least to, like, the task force that Elle leads. But yeah. she knows to give a fake name just from deducing it herself. Because none of yeah. this is public information. She just looks at the notes that Ray has and 
like she's just that good that she figures out like yeah. there is something going on here i should be especially careful no matter who i'm talking to yeah incredibly competent and good of her unfortunately she then makes the dumbass mistake of eventually giving him her real name which mm-hmm. i feel i know she has to die for the plot but like i feel like you can't set up the fact she was smart enough to give him a fake name and then like backtrack on that light basically sweet talks it out of her but i feel like yeah she should have fucking known better than to just also don't get sweet talked by a fucking 17 year old what's wrong with you you're an adult woman (laughs) i'm sorry Uh, ma'am i'm trying to think of another character that makes a mistake like that like just gets so enamored by light that they make um... i mean kiyomi another female character yeah but like i mean i guess technically mikami but like we're i don't want to talk about him i don't like him but like mikami knows that light's a fuck up though (laughs) so well i mean he thinks of light as god but it's not the same of like using subtle emotional and social manipulation to get someone to do what he wants. Mikami's yeah. already fucking off the rails and is like <laughs> a fucking Kira zealot. So yeah. it's a little bit of a different situation. I mean, honestly, probably the closest comparison, and it's not even that close, is keeping the task force off his back for as long as he did. Is just like, Through his social manipulation and being apparently a charming fuck, Mm -hmm. he's able to convince these people in close quarters for years that he is not Kira while actively killing people. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like that counts a whole lot, though, because Matsuda is a dumbass and has a single (laughs) I love him, and he has a fun little character arc, but, like, he's not smart. (laughs) But so the last we see of Naomi after Light writes her name is her walking off into the distance and she commits suicide. And her the worst part of it is her body is never found, which I hate. Yeah, like Light, the way he writes, he doesn't just write her name. His instructions are for her to kill herself and then hide her body somewhere where it won't be found. And he knows that she can do that because she's clearly the kind of smart person who would know I guess, how to hide a body, which is like, he is then using her own strengths against her at the very end. Like, the only thing that makes it slightly less terrible is that he is enough of a narcissist to tell her that he's Kira. So at least she knows right before she dies, but still. But at that point, she's under the thrall of the Death Note and doesn't care. she's She's got her marching orders. She has to go kill herself. She doesn't... She hears that he's Kira and there's no reaction. At least in the anime. Yeah. In the anime, she like has a moment of realization and then a second later it's gone. I remember there being more of a reaction in between him telling her that he's Kira and then her walking away mm-hmm. in the manga. But in the anime, it's almost instant. Yeah, I hate that. I hate that he specifically wrote down that her body shouldn't be found. I hate that. It's mm-hmm. the worst. It's the only one he does that for. Yes, other, like several <sighs> other characters are forced to commit suicide in the run of the story, but none of them have the specifics of make sure you die in a way that no one will find your body. I hate that. I mean, it was on purpose because 
if she died, then it would have caused the cops to look into it because it would have been very suspicious for Ray to die. And then suddenly his fiance is dead and she was an FBI agent, which means that she probably found something out. So like, it makes sense that he did that, but yeah, that doesn't make it any less fucked up. Yeah. And they were like, there was video evidence presumably of them in the police station together. Cause they were there at the same time. That's how they ran into each other. Mm. But like, still it's such a low fucking blow for a, character that is set up to be this competent badass and who we retroactively see be this competent badass Mm -hmm. it's just it sucks it sucks it's been how many years and i'm still mad about it (laughs) but moving on from naomi misora my beloved is rem misa gets the end of the list because who boy so rem as i mentioned in part one is the Shinigami who is attached to Misa and her death note. She actually also, like Ryuk, I don't know if I mentioned he has two death notes, but Mm. she does, and one is because a different Shinigami had fallen in love with Misa and intentionally killed someone who was going to murder her, and that's Mm. a big no-no. You cannot extend human life if you are a Shinigami. Mm -hmm. So he was reduced to ash, leaving only his death note, Rem was like, huh, that was pretty sweet, actually. And then just just like, here, by my weird code of honor, because he died to save you, this is yours now. And gives it to Misa. And then hangs around. Because she also sort of falls in love with her, but never really says anything. Mm. My notes are basically, uh, they're lesbians, Harold. <laughs> Rem, I miss you every day of my life. She's really cool. She's one of the coolest characters in the fucking show. She's big fuck off like 10 feet tall looks like she's made of bone and just wrapped in mummy bandages she takes no shit from light in fact threatens to kill him a dozen times over the course (laughs) of the time that she's alive in the show but unfortunately light figures out rem either legitimately romantically loves misa or Mm. platonically loves misa either way she's willing to die for her light does her so dirty because the minute he figures that out he holds it over her head so fucking dirty rem is experiencing the delicate human emotion of love and caring for another person and light's just like "Mm, how can i manipulate this (laughs) to my ends because he's a shit lord and we hate him boo we hate your dick the other side of gaslight gatekeep girl boss is like manipulate manipulate mansplain male wife that's light (laughs) he's both at the same time (laughs) the two genders the two genders jesus fucking christ (laughs) but basically the entire time that we see rem in the show she's very protective of misa constantly gives her advice and warnings and like she's not attached to the death note that she gave misa the shinigami Mm -hmm. attached to that death note is dead she doesn't have to stick around, mm-hmm. but she does because she loves her and it's very sweet. And I think they should have had a happy ending and I'm still mad that they didn't. I mean, at least one half of this podcast believes in Misa Rem supremacy. So I don't know about <laughs> you, but I do. Honestly, like it would have been so good if they just rode off into the sunset together and like Rem was like, listen, fuck that guy. Let's go. And they did. Let's 
fucking go. Uh, but that doesn't happen, sadly, unless you read fanfiction. <laughs> Instead, Light figures out that Rem is willing to die for Misa. Mm-hmm. And Misa is currently in trouble and, like, is locked up in, like, a sensory deprivation thing. And they're at the point where, like, this is the really convoluted plan where Light gives up ownership of the Death Note to yeah. take suspicion off of him and Misa. Because when you give up the Death Note, you lose all of your memories yeah. of having it. So at this point, Light has his memories back, but Misa's about to get found out. And basically, he, like, brings a situation to Rem and is like, listen, you have to do what I say or Misa's gonna die. And Rem has no choice but to kill L. And then she dies yeah. because Rem just saved a human. Yeah. And I think even Rook at the time is like, this dude's so fucked up that he figured out a way to kill a Shinigami. Yeah. Which is, like, high-key entertaining, but also terrifying for you. Yeah, I think that's the point where he starts thinking of a contingency plan. <laughs> like, obviously, it doesn't happen until the end of the show, but I think at that point, he's just like, hmm, Oh, shit. <laughs> hmm, I may have miscalculated here. <laughs> but, yeah, she ends up being talked into writing Elle's name down in her death note. To save Misa, who, if I remember correctly, was not genuinely in any danger. Misa? It was a facade, yeah. It was a f- it was fabricated. Mm. It was that fake rule in the Death Note that oh, Elle yeah. was considering testing out. And then Light spun that to be like, he's absolutely going to do this using Misa. Mm-hmm. So if you don't do this, she's gonna die. Mm-hmm. When, like... I feel like that would have, actually going through with it, would have crossed his very thin boundaries of what is and isn't okay. Because L had some, didn't have a lot, but he had some morals. <laughs> That's projection on my part, though, because we don't know. Because Rem writes his name in the death note and he dies. And then she dies. Because she, you can't, you can't save a human. You can only take life. You can't give life. Mm-hmm. But at this point... That means Misa has the lifespan of two Shinigami, so she's, like, basically fucking immortal. Damn. Which I think would have been a very interesting plot point to explore. (laughs) Because if a Shinigami saves you, they die. But whatever lifespan they had left goes to you. Oh, does it? Yeah. So Misa not only had the Shinigami that saved her from her stalker, but... Rem. So she's like, depending on how much time they had left, because we don't know, this bitch is functionally immortal. Oh. Yeah. And that's never explored because she's just, she's there to be abused by light because what else is she but a gothic punching bag? One thing that I also found interesting about Rem is she has a very, I feel like the tendency with character design sometimes is to do like, a male version and a female version. Like, oh, if you look at any... Is, yeah. <laughs> like, any, like, kids show with anthropomorphized animals, there's, like, the male dog, which looks like a Ugh. cutesy dog, and the female dog that has, like, a weirdly prominent chest and, like, eyelashes and maybe eyeshadow and for some reason. human face. So why, why is she sexy? But, like, <laughs> one thing I like about Rem is that she wasn't, like, obviously female. And I remember watching the show and not realizing she was a yeah. female until, like, I think they started using, like, she pronouns for her or something. And I was like, wait a minute. You can do that? Yeah. 
So as much as this episode is griping about the treatment of the female characters in the show, the character design is still on fucking point. Mm-hmm. Rem has one of the coolest designs out of all the Shinigami too. And especially because it's incredibly gender neutral. She does not read as feminine or masculine. She's just there. And mm-hmm. she's just, it's good, it's, it's good character design, y'all. Mm-hmm. I miss her every day of my life, <laughs> uh, is sort of the end of that. I don't have anything else to say about her besides, like, she also deserved better. She really did. Yeah, she's, in the musical, she's also played by, like, a, like a lady who is significantly taller than the girl who plays Misa, and it's just like, who, <laughs> I am looking- Disrespectfully. Ma'am, I am looking respectfully, I swear <laughs> to God. Because they also did a really good job with the costuming, too. Like, mm-hmm. the guy who plays Ryuk is in all black and has, like, his hair spiked up and has, like, deep, dark lines under his eyes mm-hmm. and has, like, crazy eyebrows and is in this sort of, like, black feathery cape to mimic his, like, weird ruffle and his wings. Mm-hmm. And Rem is in all of these, like, really gauzy white layers that just flow mm-hmm. around her. And it's just, ooh, and this wig that's, like, white at the top and like goes to dark gray the costume design is very good and gets their personalities and like look across very 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 well so props to the musical for doing that she still dies and it makes me fucking sad but now we're on to who boy we're (laughs) our 18 minutes in now we're on to the fucking queen to be fair i think some of that is gonna be me cutting like the Sherlock tangent. Leave some of it in though, because oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we went we went off. You don't have to leave Bikusin and Benedict Cumberbatch for <laughs> at least five minutes, but <laughs> the rest of it was relevant. <laughs> so this is the queen of the show, Misa Amane, Gothic idol beloved. Who? <laughs> like her character design is iconic. It's so good. He was like, uh, he, oh, what if we, what if we just make her like a gothic fashion icon? And he <laughs> apparently like looked through all of these gothic Lolita magazines and stuff too. Mm. And I was just like, you did such a good job, my dude. She has like the most outfit changes of, I think, like anyone in a manga or anime, <laughs> truly. She has so many different outfits, but she's an idol in the manga and anime, but focuses less on like the musical singing performing part of it and at least starts off more as like a photo shoot model i think she's like intended to be a model who like occasionally delves into other things like acting a little bit but she's primarily like wants to go into modeling yeah because um she eventually becomes like a, a top tier idol at the end of the second half um and does like act in movies and stuff like she has become an actress but And going back to the musical, she is actually what an idol is usually associated with and does mostly musical performances and is Mm. a singer as opposed to a model or an actress. But she's known for her gothic style of dress, hyperactive personality, and unfortunate devotion to light. Oh boy. Okay. So she she starts getting fanatical for Kira pretty early on because one one of the first hundreds of criminals that light kills happened to be the dude who broke into her house and murdered her parents when she was a kid Mm -hmm. so like yeah sure valid 
The reason why she idolizes Kira is because the guy who murdered her parents, I think she loses the case and he doesn't go to prison. Yeah. So it's like part of her trauma of losing her parents and not getting justice. Yeah, it's either he doesn't go to prison at all or goes to prison and gets out very quickly. One or the other, I don't remember. Mm -hmm. But the point is, is that justice wasn't served to the Mm -hmm. appropriate degree. And so when Kira is doing his twisted justice thing and kills the guy, she's just like, you have my undying loyalty, which is sure is a healthy reaction. Not to be fair, I feel like Misa has a very... Like, her life is just so tragic. She mm-hmm. comes home to her parents murdered. The guy who killed them is... Literally nothing of consequence happens to him. Yeah. A while after that, she almost gets stabbed to death by a stalker. Yeah. This girl can't catch a break. Yeah. Misa, Misa's no good, very bad uh, life, <laughs> unfortunately. A stalker tries to kill her and stab her and she gets cornered and is... Literally convinced that she's about to go meet her fucking parents in heaven. And then the aforementioned Shinigami saves her and she gets a death note. And when she finds out what it is, she's just like, I gotta find Kira. I can be of help to him. I have a death note too. I'm gonna help him justice. Yep. Mm -hmm. And Rem, who maybe shouldn't have told her about the Shinigami eyes, but did... Tells Misa that there's a deal that she can make that for half of her lifespan, she'll be able to see anybody's true name just by looking at them. Mm -hmm. She does it because fuck it. She's got half of an immortal god's lifespan. So that's not going to mean a whole lot in the long run. But she does it for light. She does it for light, which is unfortunate. (laughs) Oh yeah, because doesn't she... Gets the Shinigami eyes before she meets Light, and that's how she finds out who he is. And then she he makes her relinquish ownership of her death note, so then she loses those powers. And then... She takes the deal again. Because she forgets yep. Elle's name, and like the plan hinges on her, like remembering Elle's name or something. And she's like, I gotta mm-hmm. make the deal again. <sighs> yeah, and at that point, Rem is like super fucking pissed with yeah. Light, and was straight up about to murder him until he was like, Ah, but you see, oh, you can't. Oh, reverse Uno card. <laughs> but it's just, it sucks. She's, Misa is not a bad person. She is shown to be deeply caring, deeply loyal. Mm-hmm. She's got a bit of a bratty streak, a bit of a mean streak, a bit of a jealous streak. But like, she's genuinely shown to be like, not a bad person beyond using the death note to kill people, right? So... The entire time of the show, she just gets fucking shit on. Mm-hmm. She's always emotionally and mentally manipulated, constantly gaslit, constantly abused, and just either doesn't realize it or doesn't care and just lets it happen because she loves Light that much. And that's just how he is. And that's... So, like, their relationship, I will say, is never depicted as a positive or healthy thing no never not once it is not a positive or healthy thing however watching her go through this just abuse torture porn for the entire run of the series is just exhausting like nothing good happens to her from the moment her parents 
die. It's just terrible thing after terrible thing because, like I said before, yeah. with the guy who murders her parents and then the guy who tries to stab her to death and then she ends up in this mm-hmm. horrible abusive relationship but doesn't realize it's horrible and abusive because what else does she have the only other person who's there for her is rim and she is pretty much just as manipulated by light like she's a freaking shinigami you think that she wouldn't be at his mercy but she is and it's because she cares for misa yeah. So it's just, it's just, it's tragic. Her story is tragic and it's, it sucks. She's one of the only characters that from the first arc makes it all the way to the end of the show alive, question mark. (laughs) Because in both the manga and the anime, her fate is left very open-ended. I know in the manga... The final panel of those worshippers of Kira who, like, have the hoods and stuff, a lot of people thought, like, the main lady that is depicted is Misa. Mm -hmm. And, like, still carrying the flame for Kira and light. Even though she doesn't remember anything anymore. Because before he died, she didn't have the death note anymore. So she didn't have her fucking memories. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise, the last time we see her in the manga is, like, at the hotel she was staying at. And that's honestly really disappointing. And in the anime, the last thing we see of Misa is her standing on the bad side of, of a like of a bridge railing. Mm-hmm. Her hair just blown in the wind and she's looking at a, either a sunrise or a sunset. And that's all we see. So it's very much implied that she probably maybe committed suicide over light. And that sucks and is stupid and I hate it. That's... It's... Uh, <sighs> I really can't come up with a word for how just deeply disappointing that is as a character decision. Yeah, it's also, it sucks that she was also hated so much by the fandom while the show was still majorly popular. Like, I remember it being really popular to just shit on Misa constantly because she just got in the way sometimes. There was just a degree of hatred for her that went beyond her being a flawed character and veered very far into just straight up misogyny. It's misogyny, baby. <laughs> Let's remember it's 2008 and we hate women. God. Cause you know, that was a cultural wide thing. That was really cool and hip to do loudly. Yeah. Every few months, I remember how bad it was. This is getting very off tangent. I need to find out what their name is, but there was, this person who got really famous in like 2010 for marrying a guy who was like 50 something. And instead of people being like, why the fuck is a 52 year old man marrying a 16 year old child? People like shit on this child being like, Oh, Oh, uh they're such a slut. This person did an interview recently. They go by Mm -hmm. they, them pronouns now. Good for them. Right. The picture is in the article too. Like they just look so much calmer than they did in like mm-hmm. old interviews where they're like <sighs> just being vilified by adults who are like 10 20 years older than them mm-hmm. but in this interview they said that they were just getting garbage from all sides chrissy Teigen would send them dms telling them to go kill themselves what the anderson fuck? cooper had a segment on a show where he talked about like ridiculous things that had happened during the week and they were a frequent target on his show 
at this point, they were like 16, 17. Why the hell was Anderson Cooper spending like 10 minutes of his nationally syndicated show shitting on a child? What the fuck? I hate everything. I hate everything with every fiber of my being. I That's how bad it was that we thought it was okay to like anyone we perceived as a woman to just completely destroy them. Shit on. And to an extent that still happens, but it's definitely not as widespread or mainstream culturally accepted anymore. I feel like it's harder to get away with because like Yes. Now it's yes. you're gonna hear from the actual person that you're being a horrible person to, or you're gonna hear from yeah. people who are like, mm, actually this isn't okay. Yeah. The culture is still unfortunately there, but it is it's slowly getting dismantled to an extent. But yeah, that's honestly one of the one of the worst things too is that Courtney Stodden. Sorry, that was that was the name of um oh, the person. Yeah. Okay. She's a flawed, believable character. Like she's incredibly human. Like Misa is incredibly human, but she is blamed and hated for everything and anything, including the things that are completely out of her control. That she is usually being manipulated and gaslit into doing or being yeah not to infantilize a girl who is like canonically 19 at the start of the story but she is in a very clearly vulnerable position and light knows this and takes full advantage of it i feel like light Light is a scumbag yeah light does not get nearly enough shit for being a mass murderer who manipulates every single person in his life and especially women like literally every abuser red flag for fucking light yagami it's disgusting and he doesn't he doesn't get any hatred no but like you know he's a really complicated character with like interesting things to say about who can deliver justice and like what are the limits of when is it justified to execute people or whatever and who should judge who is judged no he's he He's a philosophy major with too much power. He's a philosophy major that spends all of his time on 4chan. Shut the fuck (laughs) up. In this house, we hate Light Yagami. It's true. As is the Lord's will and want. I realize that we keep making jokes about, like, Christian Minecraft server and, like, the Lord. (laughs) Neither of us are religious. I just think it's fucking funny to say my Christian Minecraft server. And honestly, the worst, the cream of the crop, the creme de la creme, the fucking cherry on top of this shit Sunday for Misa is that she's smart. She's not stupid. She's just smart in a way that means everyone else underestimates her and mm-hmm. undermines her and her autonomy as a person. You have to have at least some skill to send out tapes to... Several TV Several stations. Several different news stations, yeah. And just never get caught. To be fair, there she, I think it's maybe like a couple weeks before Light gets in contact with her. But like the yeah. fact that she makes it that far without getting caught, she's uh-huh. clearly not an idiot because if it was my dumb yeah. ass, I would have found a way to get my ass caught. Yeah, and not only on top of that, Light doesn't find her. She finds mm-hmm. him first. Yep. She figures out who he is. And just no one gives her credit for her being smart. Like, she's incredibly perceptive, both 
emotionally and just situationally. Mm -hmm. And just, she gets shit on because she's got tits. I feel like everyone except for Elle, specifically, underestimates her. Mm -hmm. He never specifically undermines her or, like... I think Elle is less beholden to, like, societal expectations and is a lot... He's a lot better at seeing through whatever weird social conventions the rest of us have. Yeah. From what I remember, even though she's still a suspect and is kept under observation and, and all of that, and honestly subjected to some, like, pretty horrendous sensory deprivation yep. for an insane amount of time that's probably against the geneva convention probably <laughs> most likely <laughs> he still treats her as a person which is something light never fucking does mm-hmm. l may not like her or is annoyed by her but he I don't remember him ever explicitly, like, talking down to her. Like, he may have gotten snippy if he was frustrated. Mm -hmm. But he never puts her down specifically to bring himself up and get the upper hand in a situation or a conversation. Mm -hmm. Which is incredibly different from Light, who does that every chance he fucking gets. (laughs) To manipulate the situation in his favor and keep Misa under his thumb. I'm really enjoying this um, shitting on Light at every turn. (laughs) Because <laughs> he deserves it. He deserves it. He's literally the worst. And we know that that's the point. <laughs> yes. I hate, We still hate him. Every fiber of, of my being. I love watching him lose his fucking gourd and die. Because <laughs> it, it's genuinely what he deserves. He's the worst. But it's what makes him a compelling villain. Mm-hmm. And what makes Death Note a good property. Like, there's a reason why we've been sitting here for, like the second week in a row for another two hours talking about just this one show combined we've talked about death note for four (laughs) hours y'all as much as we keep shitting on light (laughs) specifically like it's a good series there's a reason we have been able to talk about it for literally four (laughs) hours and have another two hours next week it will be six hours of talking about death note part of it is brain worms the other part is that it's just really good genuinely (laughs) Genuinely, there's a lot to dissect because it's an older show. So people's opinions on stuff have sort of solidified and settled and you can do research on them. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's not brand new or coming up. There's really no mysteries to solve. It's just, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. But finishing off with Misa and she deserved better. She deserved better. She still deserves better. (laughs) Once again, she deserved better than like, what the fuck? That's the end of, like, my bullet point notes. <laughs> Besides, like, fashion icon in all caps, mm-hmm. but we already talked about that. So, tied into the mis- the rampant vocal misogyny of the time period, here are a couple of choice reviews. Oh, God. That except for the first one, who I'm pretty sure is a lady? Good Lord, this Death Note reviews from 2008. Ooh, a relic. <laughs> okay, so I can't click on their name to see if there's like a picture or anything but one reviewer's name michelle Yu, who i'm not going to presume their gender but they get lumped in unfortunately because they said some mean things they get lumped in with all of the presumably cis dudes being shitty unfortunately (laughs) 
in their review for Death Note for Anime News Network back in 2008, oh, hey, which I just looked at the website for. It looks so dated. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Michelle Yu praised Misa, saying she's physically beautiful and a good-looking female addition to the screen, while descri- also describing her as a little diva with some serious issues and a very whiny voice. Like, that. don't be mean to the voice actor. That's what they were directed to do. What's- fuck you. Another thing that bothers me about Misa is the fact that she was given this very, like- and I notice this with anime a lot, and- constantly think about Miyazaki talking about how female characters and their voice actors are instructed to sound younger and cutesier because that's what the male audience is expecting. So like Uh her voice gets very grating because first of all we just hate women so we hate higher pitched voices. So anytime Misa fucks up that's just like oh another thing to hate about her she sounds like this. Yeah but the fact that this reviewer is wrote the phrase good looking female edition jesus uh, that's just a weird way to say that <laughs> i'm not being weird right like that just is funky that's a funky way to to phrase that she's cute that's kind of her character is to be cute but i feel like it's a weird thing to like focus on i guess when the reason she comes up is because she's the second kira you find out she's yeah. misa afterwards Yeah. Her being cute is not the most interesting thing about her. Yeah. The backhandedness of of (laughs) this first review is just, like, good-looking female edition, but... Too bad she's a bitch. (laughs) She's a diva with a whiny voice. Fuck off. (laughs) It gets worse. Oh, God. So, we have nowhere to go but down. Yay. It's great. In a Salon.com article, Douglas Wolk describes Misa as being drawn... In a Japanese comics tradition of cute, tiny, airhead girls with big eyes and being the one redeeming thing, that sentence is weird and I don't like how it was written, but the redeeming thing is that he does mention she is a lot cannier than she pretends to be and that is Mm. true. So, like, another sort of, uh, like, half and half. I think the thing that's bothering me is that they don't fault the narrative for her being this way. They fault the character for being that way. And I feel like there's not enough agency put on the fact that someone wrote her to be a female character specifically that is grating to people. That's not a real person. That's, That's a fictional character that someone came up with. So she's like that because someone wrote her to be like that. That is maybe the point of her. Yeah. So like, why are we not examining the meta? Why is Because we're doing it now, half a decade later, (laughs) on this goddamn podcast. Oh, it's a full decade now. Oh, God. (laughs) It's over a decade now Uh, since Death Note came out. uh, But, uh, so two not so terrible ones like they're not ideal Mm -hmm. but they're like they're not great like they're they're dated they're worded awkwardly the second one's a little it feels weirdly fetishizing to me for some reason with the cute tiny airhead girls with big eyes like that's mm, Mm -hmm. there's a different way you could have said that bud i think it's the exoticization of japanese characters because i feel like there was a very, yeah. there was a time period where anytime 
the Western writer was talking about manga or anime, they had to bring up the fact that it was from Japan, which made it like spicier, which I did not enjoy. And inherently other, which yeah. makes it compelling for some reason. <sighs> because we have to other things to make them consumable for <sighs> an audience that's not the country it was made in or whatever the fuck. Jesus Christ. It's interesting to me that, like, people focused on her being annoying and not the fact that she was being manipulated. But I, I know that we're, I know that this is a little long and we've gone on a couple oh, a little? of tangents that have <laughs> a little, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I encouraged it, so. I know, but I'm also sorry. But just for, like, a comparison, here are three quotes pulled from reviews that were written by women, mm-hmm. or at least femme-leaning people. Are these at the the same time frame as the other reviews, or are these later? They're all from the same fucking time, my dude. Oh. Yeah. So, Brianna Lawrence of Anime News Network, same as the other person who was like, she's fucking good-looking female edition, but whiny voice. Mm-hmm. So, same outlet. Mm-hmm. Felt like... Even though Misa was the typical annoying girl clinging to the main character trope. In a series full of geniuses, it was amazing to see an average person get a hold of the Death Note. Her presence made things even more complicated for Light and she kept him on his toes as much as Elle did. Maybe even more than Elle Mm. did. Because she was unpredictable. She was especially... I think... Light could follow Elle's thought process a lot more than they could follow Misa's. Yeah, because Elle and Light were very similar, mm-hmm. but Misa's just a wild card. Mm-hmm. He doesn't understand how she thinks, and he doesn't bother to learn. Mm. Lawrence was also disappointed that the epilogue of the series did not show Misa's ultimate fate. Same, dog. Mm-hmm. Truly. Erica Toda stated in The Star that she views Misa as a, quote, complicated and fascinating character. Toda said that she does not comprehend why a person would willingly use a death note, but added that she admired the fact that Misa does everything she sets out to do, even though the actions of Ellen Light are reprehensible and criminal. Mm-hmm. Did you feel like the good vibes in the air? Like, <laughs> there's genuine criticism, but they have nice things to say. They give a mix of genuine criticism or nuance, while also... Literally saying some of the shit that we have said today Mm -hmm. over a decade later about the same character. Mm -hmm. And the last one I have is Hannah Grimes of Comic Book Resources, who wrote, Back when the show first released, Misa became one of, if not, the most popularly designed goth characters in all of anime. With her super cute black dress, slightly wedged black boots, and intricate fishnets dotting every possible part of the outfit, there's simply so much to take in and admire with the ensemble. This look is still so incredibly popular with cosplayers that she'll most likely remain one of the more popular goth cosplay choices for a long time to come. So nothing really about, like, the actual character, Mm -hmm. but, like, still a positive and was written by by a lady. So... It's also interesting that that last one focuses on her appearance, but not in a way that feels like... Gross? Yeah. (laughs) For lack of a better word. It's legitimately not coming from any sort of male gaze or, Mm -hmm. like, either sexualizing her, infantilizing her, fetishizing her, exoticizing her. It's literally just, like, she's a cool-looking goth character Mm -hmm. 
she'll probably be popular for the rest of time in cosplay because her look is iconic. Mm-hmm. It's literally just about the fact that she is a well-dressed, well-designed character. Mm-hmm. And she is. But that's it. That's all I got is every single one of these female characters in Death Note absolutely deserved better than what they got. Mm -hmm. And that is the biggest criticism I know both of us probably have with Death Note on a whole. (laughs) Oh my god. The next time we're gonna get into the fucking actual like deep metaphors and (sighs) symbolism. Jesus Christ. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) We're not even going to talk about what we're watching this week. Just go rewatch Death Note if you haven't watched it. If you've watched it already, go rewatch Death Note. If you haven't watched Death Note, what the fuck are you doing? Go watch Death Note. If you've watched Death Note, go watch the musical. It's on YouTube. Mm -hmm. The musical's good. It's fun. So, like, if you don't want to rewatch the whole anime, just rewatch the musical. It's two hours. Yeah, do not watch the Netflix live action. Dear fucking God, please do not. (laughs) Watch the Japanese live action ones. Those are fun. But like, don't watch the American Netflix one and don't watch the TV show. Oh God, don't watch the the live action TV show. You watch the live action Japanese movies, watch the Japanese production of the musical. You're good. (laughs) That's it. Nothing else happened after that. Trust me. (laughs) Literally nothing. (laughs) You can find us on Twitter at Two Leaves in a Trench. We're on Instagram at two weaves in a trench coat, and you can email us at weaves in a trench coat at gmail.com. Our opening theme is Our Way by Vitney, and the music you're listening to right now is What's the Angle by Shane Ivers. I'm Madison. And I'm Suzanne. Drink your respect, women juice. Drink your respect, women juice. I'm angry today. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. See you next week for another two goddamn hours of this <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs>